Good afternoon, Steelers Nation, and welcome inside Heinz Field for another day of training camp coverage ongoing here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's our little corner of this SNR universe that we call the Steelers Blitz, truncated edition of the Blitz today. You like that, Motsi? I'm coming out firing with the big words. All right, Shorter all right. show today, two hours instead of three. Uh, normally during this training camp time, you've had us from one to four, but it is a special day today. It is Hall of Fame enshrinement day, day one out of day two, where we are going to have uh, just an absolute party out in Canton. And guess what? Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson, they are out there in Ohio. And so they will take over at three o'clock for some special, uh, or I should say, a special edition of The Drive as they will have all of your enshrinement coverage. Arthur Motes, plenty to get to today, partner. We got a Hall of Fame game to react to. We've got Hall of Fame weekend to discuss. We have got rumors of a trade request from a Pittsburgh Steeler. Whew. But other than that, I mean, a pretty slow day here at Heinz Field, Motsi. Well, I mean, if it wasn't a slow day, then what are we doing anyways, baby? <laughs> but don't be calling it no rumor for a trade request now, baby. Nah, 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 nah. Them things, they, they, they seem pretty official. Yeah, let's get right into that. Adam Schefter tweeting yesterday. Schefter she she don't do rumors. And, and it, that, you know what? That's a good point by you. Yeah. Um, you and Schefter have that in common. <laughs> you know, you, you don't do hypotheticals. You're, uh -uh, you're practical man. only. No hypotheticals, only reality. And Adam Schefter, you're right. He doesn't really dabble in, uh, in too many rumors. Everything that he puts out there is pretty ironclad. And Schefter putting out there yesterday, Arthur Motes, James Washington seeking a trade due to what he perceives uh, being a lack of opportunity here in Pittsburgh. Motsi, what was your first reaction when you saw that news break yesterday? I mean, I was surprised, but at the same time, I wasn't. I mean, if you're James Washington, you have every right to be upset. I mean, you look at where they drafted you at, but then you look at the lack of opportunities that you've gotten of lately especially when the one season where you did get opportunities, you led the team in receiving yards. You were a, a key contributor with a mixed group at quarterback. But yet, even in the midst of last season where we did have receivers struggling with consistency, yeah, dropping the ball. And every time he got his number called last year, he still would produce. He would. So I agree imagine with that. you're going into a contract year. And once again, your first preseason game out there, you go in there, you get two targets. But you're supposed to be, you know, trying to be more of a focal point, trying to be more sure, involved in sure. a contract year where you're trying to make money. Yeah, I could easily understand his frustration. And I do like how he handled it. In today's NFL climate, it's acceptable. You can voice your displeasure. You no longer have to sit here quietly and just suck it up, buttercup. Take no, not team. at all. You don't have to do that in today's NFL. You can voice your opinion. Players do have a little bit more control from that regard. So I, I'm not against him doing it. I do think he handled it the right way. I would much rather you speak on it now hmm. than you let it linger. Or it, it comes off, you know, a couple weeks down the line, you get released because, all right, we just don't like how this has worked out. You sure, were frustrated. You've been pouting around the locker right. room. Right. It, it's just things. the perception's not going to look good. It looks yeah. similar to what Steven Nelson did after the fact where you tried to. So, tell your side of the story, but it looks like sour grapes because of the timing late. of it. So yeah. I do like the fact that James got in front of it. He let everyone know, hey, I am not happy with my current situation. I feel like I am better than the current situation, which he can make a strong, legitimate case that he is. And from there, I mean, like I said, I, I think the team, though, they can go either way with this. I can totally understand if they choose not to release him, or excuse yeah. me, if they choose not to trade him, because he is a valuable player. He is a good player. He I is agree. a player that if anybody were to go down, 
he could easily step in and be the yeah, starter. You're going to need him at some point this year. And you could legitimately make a case that if he was given the same opportunities as Claypool, as Deontay, as Juju, that he could put up similar numbers or maybe even better in some standpoints. So with the Steelers, they're going to really have to decide what they envision for him and also Correct. what his market is as well. That's, that's the big X factor to me because – this guy's a second-round pick. Mm -hmm. The Steelers aren't just going to offload him for a fifth-rounder or a seventh-rounder, Mosey. That's not happening. Mm -hmm. it, it, it feels like there, there would have to be some significant return there, at least a second-round pick coming back. But I just – yeah, you touched on so much stuff there that I absolutely agree with, and I think that's part of the reason why I have a hard time seeing James Washington get moved unless it is a real – you know, the Steelers think it's better to just kind of wash their hands and move on. But, but James Washington does not seem like that type of guy who, like you kind of alluded to, he's not going to be around here pouting. He's not going to make but, a but stink in the locker room. To, because but I, this he is could. My, this is yeah. my thing. We've seen the guys that try to handle it one way, and sometimes that action is not enough. You're playing with a guy's career. You're playing with a guy's livelihood. This guy's married. This guy's going to have children one day. You're playing with their livelihood. So when we talk about, oh, the team could just sit here, and as long as he doesn't say anything, it'll be okay. If I'm James Washington's agent and I sincerely want him to be moved, I'm telling him, dude, you you might need to take a more aggressive approach. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen guys do that, and it worked out for them in terms of James Harrison. Now, publicly, it didn't look the best, but in terms of the end result, it got what he was trying to accomplish. And it was one of those things where if you're the team, could you have made that move earlier? Yes, you could have. Mm -hmm. Could you have made that and kept it a little bit more peaceful? Sure. Would it have put you at more at more risk? Of if a guy got hurt and you being a little short, absolutely. But in the NFL, with the way it is today, guys aren't willing to just sit around for five years as insurance policies. Correct. That's that. That's not how it works because they're looking for the next best thing in the next year. Mm -hmm. So for James, he understands that time is of the essence, mm -hmm. and he hasn't gotten that big. Con I mean, as a second rounder, did he get compensated nicely? Absolutely. Sure, sure. But, but second this round is draft pick money compared to top ten or first round pick money, right. it's night and day. And, and the second contract is really kind of where you look to strike Absolutely. that iron to make that money. And so, yeah, I, 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 I get it from all those standpoints. I mean, it's unfortunate because we're so passionate about the team. We want everybody to be here. But when I think of it solely from the player's perspective, solely from oh, I get the it from business James perspective. perspective. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I, I absolutely can understand it. You're entering a contract year, and as it stands right now, it, it – it, it let's I mean let's be honest let's not you know mince words here. There's three wide receivers ahead of you on the depth chart, mm -hmm. um, and then you also look at the tight end group that has Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermuth who figure to be a big old part of this offense this season. This is true. And then you look at the run game. You look at Najee Harris, the first round draft pick selection. You say, hey, we're going to run the ball. I would think a lot more than we did last year as well too. All of this leads to if you're James Washington, kind of feeling like you're a little bit on the outside looking in. And, and I can certainly understand that. Again, like Mosey said, we love the team. And, um, you know, as Steelers fans, you out there, and, and Mozi and I, yeah, we're on the media side, but we obviously are fans as well too. We want the team to have success. It makes our job more fun out here. It makes uh, just everyone's life uh, more enjoyable on a day-to-day -day basis when the team is winning and doing well. And we think James Washington can be part of that success. So it is – kind of sitting on the fence in that regard, Mozi, yes. where we know it would be best for the Steelers to, to hang on to him unless they do get some crazy compensation offer. Uh, but while it would also most likely be best for the young man to keep it moving. But is there a middle ground there, Mozi? Is, is there a conversation that the Steelers can have with James Washington where, you know, yeah, it might seem daunting, but this is going to be a 17-game NFL season. We know that it, it, you, 
it's never a perfect world. Guys are going to miss games. Guys are going to get injured. You're going to have a role here. Put it like is this. that my, enough? My, my question to you is this. Sure, you can make it enough, but if I'm telling you, Wes, this is a contract year. This is realistically your chance to go get money. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at you and I say, hey, guy, I know Deontay's going to get, you know, 100 targets. Mm. Juju's going to get about 75, 80 targets. Claypool will get another 50, 60 targets. But, hey, you know, it's not a perfect world, baby. Something's going to happen. You know, just, hey, just wait. Just wait. It, it, whether it's game one, it might be game 17, but, hey, just wait. You know, don't worry about it. If you're James Washington, are you going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I trust you on that. Yeah, I'll roll with that. Or are you going to look at that like, man, that is absolute nonsense. I don't want to hear that. It's been going on for multiple years now, and it has not changed. Yeah. Because it's not like this is True. the first year of that. No, it's not. In fact, his 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 targets got uh, drastically reduced last year mm -hmm. with Chase Claypool in the fold. Uh, 2018 was his rookie year, so that's always a, a, a little bit of a wash. 2019, though, 80 targets. That's that's pretty substantial. Targeted 80 times his second year in the National Football League, and then that number goes down to 56 mm -hmm. last year. Mozi, uh, it's it's understandable. It, it is it, you again from the team perspective. I mean, I think we I think we said this last week, Moats. There's probably not a – and I won't even have to say probably. I don't even need to, like – I feel like cushion myself. I don't even need to throw a safety net for myself <laughs> on this one. There's not a better fourth wide receiver in the NFL than James nah, Washington. Man. There's there's absolutely not. There's just no chance. Like you said, the fact that he's the fourth option is nuts because he could easily go and be a number two option. He could be a number two for a, a lot of teams, of teams in the NFL. He could be a number three for most right. teams in the NFL as and well, too. And that's the part where I say to myself, I don't fault him for speaking up. Yeah. It's been times where guys speak up and they're not talented enough to do that. They're not capable of that. Good point. James Washington, for a fact, is capable of that by athletic ability, by productivity, and by his pedigree. So the fact that, you know, the, the team has done a great job in terms of the talent they've been able to, to acquire at the receiver room, but it still doesn't change the fact that for James it's an issue. Yeah. I mean, is it a good issue for the team? Sure. But for James, it's not a good issue. Sure. For James, this is a major issue. This is an issue that not only affects him this season, but it could affect him going forward with his NFL career. And he doesn't want to be in the box of fourth receiver for the rest of his career. No. They don't pay fourth receivers change your, your, your life money. That does not happen. And if he is comfortable in that role, which I'm glad he is not, that wouldn't work for him either. So it is good to see that, man, he's speaking up on it. And I want to see how the team responds to that, man, whether it is they have it be a little bit more competitive sure, in terms sure. of the targets and reps because we've seen guys, even in that preseason game, have a drop. Regardless of what Troy Aikman said, that ball hit somebody square in the hands, and it was a drop. James Washington does not have drop issues. We've seen other receivers on this team with that. So Correct. I want to see how do they respond to that. Are you going to make it a legitimate, more competitive, more if guys yeah. are having drop yeah. issues, we're going to James right now? Because if that's the case. That, I feel like that should be the case. If that is the case, then I think we'll see a different response with Matt Cannon. I think we'll see a different tone from James Washington going forward. But unfortunately, that has not been the case. You're right. That has not been the case. And when Even that isn't when the case, been some of that 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 dropsies, we right. we've still seen the same guys out there. So now imagine when you're that backup player, and by all regard, you uh, should go in when guys point. are messing up. Especially you see when that happen, and, and you're kind of thinking, all right, here we go. This is my shot right and here. And you never get your shot. And then you still you're waiting to hear your name called, and you're waiting. And, and, and they you're tell waiting. and they tell you, hey, be a team player. Yeah. Be be a team guy. Yeah. 
like that's the that's the dynamic where it gets a little bit messed up right there, man. No, you can you can definitely again from the fan perspective understand why everyone here would say, ah, oh, no chance. Like you're just not going to get an off. There's not going to be a deal that makes it worth it for the Steelers, and to have a guy like that uh, almost as an insurance policy at wide receiver is a great thing. And then you can obviously, as, as Motsi has done a great job of laying out, understand why from James Washington's perspective where he's at in his NFL career, where he stands in kind of the pecking order here in Pittsburgh, why uh, he would be wanting to, yeah. to, to change things up at this point in his career as well. So Motsi, whenever there's rumors like this, right, one of the things that I like to do is just go to Twitter, go to uh, Google, pardon me, <laughs> search James Washington, right? Yeah. And then see what other franchises, what other people are talking about, like what other writers and media members from other NFL mm -hmm. teams and markets are saying, oh, well, this guy's available. Could we be interested yeah. in this guy? Packers, Saints, mm -hmm. I'm seeing an Eagles. Already from those cities, people writing about, you know, after trade request, James Washington might be the receiver the Saints need. James should, Washington is a legitimate number. He can be a legitimate the, number two should receiver. Should the Eagles league, try man. and make a deal for Steelers wide receiver, James Washington? Well, would James Washington having, uh, make Devontae Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, would yeah. James Washington make Aaron Rodgers happy? These are all the, the, the articles that I'm seeing here on Google from outside of Pittsburgh. So I, I do ask you then, Motsi, if you're Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, and company, right? I mean, what? And somebody calls you to gauge interest here. I mean, what's the starting point? Does it have to be at least a second-round pick, or, or you're or you're not even entertaining the conversation? Um, it's different because if you're taking that approach, then why isn't this man on the field more? If he's so valuable to you, if you're not willing to part with less than a second-round pick, well, that man should be on the field a lot more. And that's what the GM of the Eagles, that's what exactly. Howie Roseman yeah. would say. So if I'm an opposing team, I'm like, I know he's not happy. He's vote, he's publicized that now. So that whole mystery, that whole mystique is over. Like, I'm not going to let you play hardball with me because we know he's not going to be happy. And the longer it goes on, the more unhappy he's going to be. So that still doesn't benefit the team. That benefits if you're the Eagles, it'll benefit them. It'll benefit the, the Saints as well. Right. So I think, man, if you're one of those teams – you're playing hardball. I mean, if you can get him for a third, you try to go that route. The Steelers obviously are going to want to get the best return for him. But with him, with it being a contract year, you're essentially getting him on a one-year rental, whatever team you trade him to. So you're not going to want to yes, give up too much. You're not going to give up a ton yeah, right. for, for a guy who could sign a contract elsewhere a Exactly. So when you throw all those variables in there, now you see why for James Washington it makes great sense to go ahead and say what you said right now. And if you're the team, if you're the Steelers, you're kind of put in this bad spot, but it's by your doing. Yeah. Because last year you had ample opportunity when Deontay was struggling, when Chase uh, on-field productivity and his participation went down in the second half of the season. You had those opportunities to make James Washington feel a little bit more welcomed. Feel the Feel love. a little bit more a part of yeah. the offense, the game planning. And, I mean, clearly he hasn't felt like that. So now we're here, man. You know, we want your thoughts on all this James Washington news that has, has come out here in the last 24 hours or so. You want to get involved with the show, you know where to get at us. It's on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. And Annie kind of sums it up here very nicely. She says, the person in me loves James Washington and totally understands. The Steelers fan in me selfishly wants him to say, the duality of man. <laughs> ah, Annie, loyal listener, dropping hey, the line. There we the go. Truth. It is the duality of man here on the show. You've got us 
for two hours today. You know where to get us or get at us if you want to get involved. Uh, things getting moving and shaking in front of us here at Heinz Field. About 15 minutes or so until practice starts. We've got to discuss the Hall of Fame game and everything that we saw on Thursday night, the good and the bad. We'll do that when we come back on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz live from Heinz Field on SNR. This is Black and Gold Fan Habit from SNR. SNR. Rocking and rolling here at Heinz Field, live at training camp. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. My partner in crime, Arthur Motes, playing the air drums as there's rock and roll in the air here at Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. Motesy, big drummer guy. There's two things about Arthur Motes that, that he's made known, but I think people forget a lot of times here on the show. The first is that uh, he was also a dang good wrestler in high school, <laughs> besides being a really good football player. But the second, I think, Motsi, is that you play the drums. I mean, you're over here, you're air drumming oh, yeah, to the that's, who, that's the passion, rocking and rolling. Man. That's the Rocking passion. and rolling during break. You going to come see the Rolling Stones here in October? There's a strong possibility I'll be out here for that, man. Strong possibility. Ooh, you know yeah. what? That's what I'll go with as well, too. Strong possibility. Strong possibility. We'll make a game time decision. We'll see what the schedule you know? is looking like. Because I think that's on like a Monday or Tuesday, yes. isn't yes. it? So, so it's right in the middle of the week. We'll see. That's going to have to be a game time. Decision. <laughs> it, it needs to happen, but now you understand why I said what I said. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I know for you too. You'll have you'll have three kids at school at that time. You'll oh, be balancing yeah. a lot of different things. So I can certainly understand. We are here at Heinz Field, where the field is uh, a little different than it normally would be. It is uh, painted and designed for training camp. They'll obviously flip that back over in a couple weeks here. And then they'll have to do some work for that Rolling Stones concert in early mm-hmm. October. But it's exciting to see uh, everything coming back together down here. Um, Whippeal Championships will be back down here, all that good stuff. It is certainly a, a good time, great weather to be here at Heinz Field. We're in the end zone as always. We've already had a couple people come and say hello. Jason, one of our longest listeners. Yes, indeed. I mean, he was literally mozi. He was referencing things we used to do on the show back when – you and I were just doing an hour a week. Yeah, like that was wild when he brought that like up. Like three years ago. So that's how you know Jason was a day one. So big shout out to Jason. I mean, that, that was back when, hello. when we had the, the push to get Wes over 1,000, man. Yes, yes, the, that the, was exactly it. Uh, get my man Wes 1,000 on, uh, on Twitter, man. I believe your yeah. exact – it was one of the first weeks we were doing shows together. That's crazy. And I believe your exact line was, I can't be doing radio with somebody who doesn't <laughs> even have 1,000 followers <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> and my And now I got over 2,000. I mean, look at hey, how – how far and, and we've come. Growth. I'm so <laughs> proud of your growth right there, man. And, Motsi, that's a good Dude, transition we were doing here. What, one, hour, one hour a week? Yeah. Yeah, one day a week. One hour a week, one day a week. That's and then wild, that man. turned into, I think, every day, right, for an hour? Or was it two no, hours first? It, it start, then it went to two hours. It, it was two hours. two hours first. And then from there we started getting every day. we started doing yeah, every man. day. Oh, man, time flies the, the, when you're the, having The progression. Fun. You mentioned you've seen the growth. I think we have definitely seen that in our what will be our fourth season here doing Steelers radio shows together, Motsi and I. Buddy, with the preseason game on Thursday, our first show since then with the team being off, obviously, mm-hmm. yesterday. I've seen some growth from a few Steelers. One of them, though, that I want to start with here that I was very impressed by is a guy that you have been talking a lot about down here at Heinz Field through the first two weeks or so of training camp. Antoine Brooks Jr. Buddy, all those things that we talked about, looking comfortable, Mm -hmm. looking confident, looking like you belong. I thought Antoine Brooks Jr. checked all those boxes on Thursday night. It is, again, you know, we always preface preface these things. It's preseason. You got a grain of salt this, but it's also, Motsi, the linear progression that you have discussed uh, of 
anyone can come out here and have a, a couple nice moments in practice. Mm -hmm. you, you got to be able to have a good day of practice and then come back the next day and have a good day of practice and then continue to build on that and have a good preseason game and have that progression where every day you're showing up, every day you're noticeable, and you can see the improvement. I feel like Antoine Brooks has been checking all those boxes here through the first few weeks and, 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 and continue to do that on Thursday night as well. Oh, 100%. I mean, when we talk about how we weight the preseason games, it's weighted differently. For Antoine Brooks, we hold significant weight to his performances in the preseason yeah. because we haven't seen him do it enough. So every game is significant for him. Every practice is more significant for him. Whereas a guy like Claypool, whether he played great in that game or not, that wasn't going to change our feelings for him, our overall right. expectations right. for him. So didn't hold the same standpoint. But with uh, Antoine Brooks, man, you hit on it 100%. That was what I wanted to see. Can you take the things that you've been doing in practice and go to the next stage, which is doing it in the game? And he showed confidence. He showed that not just athletically he could do it, but mentally he knew how to be in the right positions. Yes. And that isn't something you take for granted because he wasn't perfect, and he did have something that I was glad happened to him in the preseason. It was actually on the play where um, it should have been a pick. Trey Newell should have had the interception yes. blitzing off the edge. Yes. So the thing that I was, I was um, glad to see was this. In practice, he's had similar situations like that, but because it's practice, you don't have to worry about that tackle turning back and actually hitting you. You don't right. have to worry about that quarterback reversing field like that and ultimately breaking your contain. That happened in the game, and he had to learn that feeling. He ends up falling on the play because he doesn't think to himself that, hey, I need to climb vertical here. Those are the things that you want to see, though. That is something that he's going to learn from, and now I fully expect next time he's in a situation like that to grow even more. But even in that sense of that one issue that he had, he didn't let that play right. determine the rest of the game for him. Had that short memory, exactly. went back out there, and, and, and kept it moving. And with younger players, those are the things that I'm interested to see because younger players, when they have a mistake in a game, they go one of two ways. Uh -huh. They either let that thing fester and it'll turn into ten bad plays, or they're going to flush it and go on and, and turn around and have a productive play right after that. Yep. And Antoine Brooks did that. That's a great Antoine point. Antoine Brooks was able to say, you know what, okay, so what I lost contain right here. We got off the field. It wasn't the end of the world. I'm not going to let this dwell. I'm not going to sit here and keep thinking about it. I'm going to go out here and keep playing and having fun. And that's ultimately what he was doing and why he was flying around like that and looking like a guy that was having fun yeah. compared to some of the other guys that we'll talk about, obviously, who didn't look as loose, who didn't look as comfortable out there, and they did struggle in some veins. No, I, I completely agree with that. And it's, you know, we – we have those conversations a lot about certain positions in sports, right, Mozi? We talk about that with young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. you got to have that short-term – you know, you might – and, and even, even veteran quarterbacks as well, too. You might throw an interception out there. you got to have that short-term memory. You can't let it, like you said, affect you for the next ten plays. Yep. Then you're just, you know, you're, you're double-edged sorting yourself. Um, I, I think we talk about that in the context of, like, you know, like young pitchers in baseball. Oh, he gives up a home run. You know, what that, what's that going to do to his confidence? Certain positions, though – we don't have that same kind of mentality, but I think that is well said with Antoine Brooks. Um, you saw some of the, not even some, but you just saw a play where he wasn't at his best, but he was able to keep rolling. He, uh, that didn't fester. That didn't linger. That didn't throw him off for the rest of the game. In fact, it, it did the opposite. He just went out there and kept making plays. Very true. So I ask you, Motsi, buy or sell, right? 
Zantuan Brooks have the um, the leg up for the starting slot role position at this point. W would you say he? And again, we early at this point, it doesn't matter. But you know, penciled in right now on the depth chart, does he have the the leg up on that competition? Buy or sell? Antoine uh, Brooks is, is solidifying that role. Now I'm selling that right now. I do think that he's playing well. The only reason I'm not going to give him the leg up just yet, when you look at the guys who are available, we don't know how they view Antoine just yet. We'll know when we get Joe and Cam out there, and now we see who's the first nickel corner up from there. That's when I feel like that. But I do think that he's making a strong case for that. But because it was just the one game, yeah. and we know – the offense that he was facing, it wasn't to that standard just yet. Now, if that was Dak out there, if that was CeeDee Lamb and company out there and he played like that, yes, for a fact, man, we are bye-bye-bye. <laughs> he is the guy. He balled out. He looked good. Perfect. But because of the competition, he, he – now, we talked about this before. You control what you can control. Sure. He can't dictate who he matches up against. All he can do is make plays, and that's what he did. But when we're talking about – the starting corner or the starting nickel corner for week one that I'm not just I'm not sold on just yet off of that game I think that's well yeah. said Arthur Motes but you know I'm more of a I, when, when it, it comes down. to younger guys man when it when it comes to Patience. just young players in general I'm not a big blind faith guy I'm more of a wait to see him do it prove it to me mm. I, I I feel like with football especially in the NFL man it's too I don't even want to say it's too easy to be a flash in the pan, but that but it is. that happens a lot more than guys as being sustained, really good elite players. Like, sure. So for me, I want to see: can you do it on more than one occasion? Can you legitimately come out here and show? Okay, on Wednesday I got it. On Thursday I got it. And then when I go into the games, I'm still gonna do. I'm still gonna be that same person. He's showing that he's he can do it, but we just need to see more of it. But he's on the right track right now, though. You gotta have faith, Arthur Motes. Oh, I got faith. You gotta be George Michael out here. No, 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 CZ. I have you faith. Gotta have faith. You, you, you know why I have faith? Because I remember before camp started, I was saying, "Hey, man, Antoine Brooks, he's gonna be in the conversation in the nickel role." Based on what we saw in that Bengals game a year ago, he was gonna be in that conversation. Yeah. No, that was did. the faith right you, there. You've been high on him for yeah. a while. If I didn't have faith, I'd have been saying, "Yeah, we need to draft a slot corner. We need to sign another slot corner because, yeah, Antoine Brooks is Nancy." But Antoine, man, he's he's flashed enough now. He's continuing to show it. But you got to have faith. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be nice? Arthur Motes, another young guy who I'm starting to develop some faith in, and this dates back to last year and, and all the things and another guy that we've discussed a lot. I, I was encouraged again by the performance of James Pierre. Uh, I think similar conversation along the lines of Antoine Brooks, right? You, you want to see that linear progression. You want to see him stacking performances out here every day at Heinz Field, which we have seen. You want to see him follow that up with confident, effective performances Very true. in the postseason, which I thought we saw on Thursday night. You know, you and I, Motsi, um, on the defensive side of the football, because, again, this is something we've all said a million times. The offensive line was the theme of the offseason. Revamping that offensive line, improving the run game was the biggest talking point around the Pittsburgh Steelers, both here in Pittsburgh and nationally in, mm -hmm. in, in, in NFL circles. But you and I spent a lot of time discussing depth concerns. We talked about how on the defense, man, the 11 starters and, you know, a few guys in there as well with them, you know, maybe your, your, your 13, 14 best players right. 
are, are just as good as anybody's 13, 14 in the NFL, but we had a little concern um, with some depth at edge rusher. Now that has been obviously alleviated um, a little bit by the signing of Melvin Ingram. We had some concerns with depth at off-ball linebacker. That, I think, has kind of gone the opposite way <laughs> with the surprise retirement of Vince Williams, another position that you and I discussed. Hey, man, we really like the starters. But, you know, you, you, you're losing Nelson, you're losing Hilton. Now, all of a sudden, some of those guys um, like Sutton are going to have to play more prominent roles. Do you need some depth there? Do you need some more depth at the safety position? Um, the buddy, uh, along with the performance of Antoine Brooks Jr., uh, James Pierre as well, too, it's making me feel better about some of those conversations that we've been having throughout the offseason. Yes, it has been, man. Um, James Pierre, he was another guy that we wanted to talk about, right? Similar on that Antoine Brooks progression mm -hmm. has shown it in a game or two a year ago and now has been showing it consistently in training camp practices and now we got a chance to see him do it in the stadium and I do like that with his performance it wasn't flawless in the sense of nobody caught a pass on him but I liked the versatility in his performance sticky coverage competitive at the catch point and played aggressive he wasn't given a crazy cushion he wasn't playing scared he wasn't playing to not get beat no he was challenging these guys he was pressed up a good amount of time and that's what I like with James because that's his style of play I'm I love being able to see guys take what they do in practice and do it in the game and as easy as it sounds it is actually very hard to do because a lot goes on man you don't know the guy you're going up against in these preseason games. You're catching him on the fly. You don't know how athletic he is, how fast, but to be able to just say, I'm going to trust my fundamentals, I'm going to trust my technique, and I'm going to go out here and do what I've been doing yeah. every single day. I like that a lot with him, man, because, like I said, that wasn't the case with everyone, man. It's true. No, that that's very well said. And, I'm, buddy, I'm with you. It's, it's hard – Again, this is a training camp setting, right? And Motsi and I, we are in general, I think most of you that listen to us regularly, and even if you are a new listener, you could probably pick up on this. Motsi and I, you know, we come down on the side of optimistic. You know, we're, we're glass half full guys. We are much more optimists than we are pessimists. We live no, much. I'm, I'm way more pessimistic. We optimistic. live much more sunshine and rainbows uh -uh. than we no, than, doom and gloom, than we do doom and gloom here. The sky is falling. So take that with a grain of salt <laughs> as well, too. I mean, I'm sure if there were some more curmudgeon-y types up here, they might be saying, yeah, well, yeah, James Pierre, Antoine Brooks. But Motsi and I, we're telling you what we see out here through our glasses, and yes, they are slightly black and gold-tinted. Um, but we've also well, both that's because you got Ray-Bans we've, we've also both <laughs> <laughs> We've also both been doing this long enough um, – that that again we don't we don't want to uh to lie to you that while we like to see everything sunshine and rainbows we still discuss I thought um, you said if you telling the truth you're in the wrong business well jeez I mean, well I gotta, you keep switching up the rules on me man hey <laughs> do as i say not as i do ah okay remember okay. i always told you i'm like a politician yes, with this. yes do yes. as i say not as i do i'm with you um but it is there there has been a lot to be encouraged by out here at camp so far i think especially uh, at the top of that list, Motsi, I would probably put of all the of all the different concerns, right? And I say concerns, not panics, not not right. not worries, just the different concerns that we had coming into camp here uh, just about two weeks ago. I tell you what, the the one that I am feeling most confident about at this point, I think, is the depth in the secondary. That felt like a really big question mark, but it 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 feels like organically those things are starting to come together. Yeah, I, for me, because like I said once again. I err on the side of that yes. caution, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. You want to see it in, in, in on, on Sundays well, this, in September Because this is my thing, man. When I think of 
the current situation that the Cowboys had at quarterback did not look the most savory, did not look the most pleasing. So once again, that's why it's like I love the performance, but I can't all the way go there and say, you know what, I feel a lot, I feel a lot better now about him just because I'm like, I know, I, 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 we, we, we know those quarterbacks that was right. out there in Dallas. Correct. All of them, unfortunately. Correct. They, Correct. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. I was reading some – because, again, I do this. I'm a nerd, Arthur Motes. I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm a weirdo. All right? You guys all know this Never by now. Never a weirdo. You're awesome, bro. Another thing that I like to do is is after, you know, after one of my teams plays a game, but particularly the Steelers because mm-hmm. it is the NFL and it's just there's so much content everywhere, I like to search – so, like, on Friday, right, on okay. yesterday – I was reading Cowboys media, Cowboy like right and, to hear what and, they said and to see what their yeah. observations were from the game. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. They were all like, "Man, Micah Parsons looked amazing." Yeah, but he's doing it against. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of similar along the comment. They're like, "Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons type train," but let's also just take it with a grain of salt because he was time. flying around as well. He was. He looked great. Yeah. He did. He but did. Once again, you're like, we know that we are off. We didn't have the full gamut out there. Correct. We, yeah. The, it looked like that at times. <laughs> I think that's a nice way to put it. I think it, it did for, bo- for both yes, defenses. Yes, for, for fact, for, man. For, and you and I also discussed this, you know, on, on Wednesday before the game. In the early season, it's just it's harder for the offenses than it is the yeah. defenses. And particularly in these preseason games, you're going to have low-scoring games. It's going to be easier on the defense than it is on the offense. Uh, and you've seen that play out. But that's also, again, Motsi, when you know your guys have the upper hand, you want to see them have success. Yes. I hearken back to our good friend, Tunch Oaken, who would always say, if you can't beat the stiffs, you are a stiff. This is very true, man. And so at least you 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 have seen that out there. Yes, they are they are going against um, not the same level of opponents on offense that they would be seeing during the regular season, but they had the success out there that you want to see when they are put in an advantageous situation. We're in an advantageous situation. It's sitting here in the end zone at Heinz Field, taken in practice as things are underway. You hear the music has gone quiet. It'll come back on in a few minutes again, right, Motsi? When, oh, we, do, when yeah. we do a little extra stretching. But practice is underway here. Mike Tomlin is here. That's something Motsi and I were discussing before we went on air today. Like, what does Mike Tomlin's weekend look like? He was out in Canton. He coming back here. We were wondering if he would be back out at Canton tonight. I got to think he would be, right? He gonna hit the road as soon as practice is over. I mean, realistically, he could. Yeah, he might even hop on a PJ. Yeah, so you could take a quick little helicopter, quick little little flight. He's gotta get back there, Troy and Allen and Bill Cower. I mean, come on. But the question is, somebody are, get coached. Is he going back and forth, back and forth? Or? Somebody get coached <laughs> back to Canton. Well, he's is got he a better work. Tomorrow? He's got a better work ethic ethic than you and I, Mozi, because we right. both said if I was Mike Tomlin, I would not be here today. Yeah, I'm cool on that. But man. that is why he is the head coach. That is why he is the ben- bench boss. And that's why he's been doing this uh, at such a high level for such a long time. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. More from the Hall of Fame game. You know, we got to talk quarterbacks, and we'll do that right here on your 24/7 home of the black and gold. From Bradshaw and the Steel Curtain to Roethlisberger and Blitzburg, we are always talking black and gold on SNR. Final segment of our number one here live at Heinz Field. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR training camp 2021 coverage ongoing here on a Saturday, folks. We've told you the drill. The Steelers have practice. When there's fans at Heinz Field, we are at Heinz Field. And so you've got us all weekend rolling into next week as we 
continue to just be excited. It's a great time to be a Steelers fan. A whole bunch to discuss in terms of we've got tangible preseason action. Had the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Motsi, we head across the turnpike to take on those stinking Eagles. Uh-oh. In just a few days, you know, as the week rolls along. Man, that's your squad right there, huh? We ha- <laughs> Buddy, what if I told you that I already did a couple radio hits, already did a couple podcast hits with the crew out if there? It was anything, if it was anything less, I would be highly disappointed. One to get the Stellar's perspective from their favorite Yenzer over here in Pittsburgh. Um, so we will obviously, as we get into the week, look ahead to preseason game number two, what we are looking for and what we want to see on Thursday against our Keystone State compadres out there in Philadelphia. But, Motsi, we are looking back at the first preseason game first. And I know one thing, a lot of our listeners, I'm sure you've been hanging out with us here for about the first 46 minutes of the show thinking, all right, boys, come on, get to the quarterbacks. We want to talk Mason. We want to talk uh, ha- ha- We want to talk uh, Haskins. Pardon me, I almost said Hodges there. <laughs> Dick Harkin back. Get, get the uh, duck calls. Messing up. Quack. Messing up. Quack, 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 quack. First names as only I can. We want to talk a little Dwayne Haskins. We want to talk a little Mason Rudolph. Motsi, I know you appreciated me starting on the defensive side of the football. Mm -hmm. But everybody really wants to talk about the quarterbacks, uh, particularly who's got the leg up in that number two conversation, what we saw on Thursday, how that relates to what we've seen here so far. Arthur Motes, all that I will say is, buddy, it feels like Mason Rudolph is is this is a real battle now. When we came into camp, obviously we knew Dwayne Haskins was not here to just um, to throw on some black and gold and, and look the part and try and toss a football around. He was very open about the fact that, yeah, I want this to be a competition. I want to be the number two quarterback. That's what I'm here for is to compete. I think a lot of us thought that that would take longer to actually see play out. Just, you know, Mason's the guy who's been here. He's more familiar with the offense. He's got a year with Matt Canada as the quarterback's coach last year. He won the Steelers some games in 2019. He won the Steelers, or he played well, I should say, for the Steelers uh, in Week 17 in Cleveland against the Browns. But Motsi, man, quickly. Uh, off just a little bit of practice here at training camp, what we've seen so far, and that preseason game on Thursday night. It feels like Mason Rudolph, that kind of what felt like a secure number two role for him is now a wide open conversation. Yeah, I mean, see, I, I feel like, man, my perspective of those guys are different than a lot of people. Like, going into this game, I never thought for a second that Mason had anything locked up. Like, to me, when Haskins came here, that was the moment – any job security for Mason mm. went out the window. Like, that's how I've been viewing this thing. So, coming out of that game, it hasn't changed. I think it just more so reiterates that point to me that, huh. Mason, you're going to have to continue to make throws. You're going to have to continue to progress and show more than what you've done in the past because we know what Haskins is from a talent portion. Now we're finding out from a maturity perspective that he can handle that as well. And you can already see the comfort that he plays with. Correct. So all of those things are definitely putting more pressure on Mason to understand that, hey, I really have to keep playing well. I really have to show what else I can do. And based on the game, well, depending on who you ask. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because some people I've heard where Mason was the worst quarterback ever. I mean, in fact, they say he was worse than the Cowboys quarterbacks. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't share that same sentiment. I'm with you on that. (laughs) 
did he play great? I'm not saying that, but did he play terrible? Nah, I'm not going there I, either. I agree. There has been some like, like piling on. Yeah. Like like Dwayne Haskins is the new kid on the block. He's the shiny new toy. Like, and it's like, I, all right, Mason, we're I, done with you. Honestly, if if I'm gonna be fully you know transparent about it, I thought Dobbs probably had the best performance of the group, but I thought that Haskins and Mason both did things well. And I thought they had some things that they could get better at. When we talk about what Mason did well, I liked how he stretched the field to Claypool on that yeah. deep throw because that has been the knock on him this training camp, him not stretching the field. Now, granted, from my perspective, some of that has been related to the protection, but as a whole, he hasn't been aggressive enough downfield, so I liked that throw. I also like the throw that Aikman said was a bad throw. Oh, he led the receiver too far. No, he did not. He steps up, puts a rifle of a throw right in his hands, and Claypool should have caught it on a third down and kept the sticks going. Ultimately, would have been a scoring drive. I like those two things from Mason. Now, what I didn't like from Mason was how at times he did look like a deer in headlights. He did look nervous and like he was thinking too much, yeah. holding the ball yeah. too long. That part still showed up. That part I was not a fan of. But to act as if he had the worst performance ever, get out of here. I'm not hearing that. And with Haskins, I thought Haskins looked super comfortable, but I don't think Matt Canada called the same style of game for him as he did for Mason and I Dobbs. I agree with that as well, too. Mason and Dobbs' playbook was a lot more open. It was a lot more vertical opportunities in there. With Haskins, it was very much we're going to run the ball and we're, and we're timing routes to the flat. It was more lateral than downfield, and I wasn't a fan of that. But Haskins still operated it as best he could. Now, the two things that I didn't like with Haskins, the missed throw down by the red zone, better throw. It still wouldn't – I don't think it would have been a touchdown. It would have been a bang-bang play, but just a better consistent throw with that. And he had one off the back foot that – for most quarterbacks, you're not tripping on back foot throws. But because when he struggled the most in Washington, it was largely in part because of his footwork. For me, I'm more of a stickler on that with him, this training camp, because that's what got him in trouble in Washington. We know you can throw the ball from crazy angles, but when you get comfortable doing it, that's when you create bad habits. When you create bad habits, now you start to create turnovers. And we don't want that from that quarterback's position. So that was the other thing for me where I was just like, ah, not the biggest fan of that. Yeah. But if that's the, the, the one glaring bad part for him on that game, it makes it like a good game. Yeah. Now, with Dobbs, I just liked how he played. I thought he played out there with I did too. probably the most comfort, the most just carefree, stretching the field. I love the shot that he took on the touchdown pass, using his legs, using his arm, just looked smart. He looked good. And that's another thing where I'm just like, I hate how Dobbs has become the forgotten man in this conversation because I do think if he keeps playing like how he did, they will find a way for him. Agreed. They will definitely find a way for him to be here. Yeah, no, I, and you know what? Wouldn't that be interesting if Dobbs continues to look like he has in that game and, and honestly out here as well too, if we continue to see the progression mm -hmm. from Dwayne Haskins, Motsi, they would have a very interesting decision on what to do with the quarterbacks, stash one of those guys on the practice squad. Uh, oh, buddy. But that is relatively a good problem to have. If you've yes. got all of your quarterbacks who it feels like they're playing well enough for you, know, to, for you to uh, we want to keep this guy around, this guy's got to hang around, uh, that is, is certainly a good problem to have, without a doubt. I, I'm interested to see then, you know, as we as we start to as this evolves and and we look from the first preseason game to the second preseason game, because I think you're right. You kind of touched on how it felt like, um, 
they asked Dwayne Haskins to go out there and to uh, to, to to make us a <laughs> make us a cheeseburger for dinner. Yeah, you know, they, they essentially said, "Give me the Russell Wilson rookie year playbook." Let, let me see that. Can you hand it off to Kalen Balaj? Kalen looked great. Kalen looked great. Kalen looked great. They hand it off to Kalen Balaj on first and second down, and then after that, we either gonna run play action pass on third down or something where you're spreading out to the left or to the right. Yeah, it was it was yeah. It felt like. You know, while while Dobbs and Mason might have been asked, all right, go out there, grill us a steak, you know, put together a, a, mm -hmm. a nice meal. Yeah, for Dwayne, it might have been more so, hey, just, yeah, have a little cheeseburger, you know, yeah. throw a slice of cheese on there, toast the bun, all right, crispy lettuce, and let's keep it moving. That's got to change, though, yeah, for, for, for fact, this man. week, right? Like, this is the, all right, we've seen him here in, 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 in training camp. He's done well. He looks confident what we asked him to do. Mm -hmm. On Thursday, he played well. He looked confident what we asked him to do. Now you start to take the training wheels off. Is, is this the time, or is it still maybe another week or so of that? I think for Haskins, they will – because you notice in practice, there haven't been any training wheels. In practice, the reports have been what? He stretches the field. We, we don't have issues with him throwing the ball downfield. But like you said, in the game, they definitely minimize his exposure. And I, I mean, I'm not surprised by it. It was just unfortunate because I did want to see them be a little bit more aggressive. But I do anticipate game two. I don't think it's going to be a drastic flip. But I do think we will see him be allotted more opportunities to stretch the field. Yeah. And I feel like that third one for him is going to be the game where he really gets a chance to show how well he can play, you know, how much he can do in terms of really just throwing this ball downfield because we know he can make those short passes. We've seen that. I mean, even last year when Ben kind of died down in the back end of the season. Yep. He was still able to do that. Yes. We're not concerned about the short to intermediate throws. Correct. We want to see you stretch the ball downfield. We want to see you air it out 30-plus yards. That's what we've been missing, and that's what we're trying to find. Which one of you guys can do that? We will continue to obviously discuss that as the season goes along. One hour in the books, another hour to go here. We are off an hour short. A reminder today as we'll turn things over for a special edition of The Drive live from Canton with Lolly and Williamson at 3 o'clock in the next hour. You know, we'll get to your tweets at Wesley Euler at DaBody52. DaBody. And I'm also excited because we've got one of Arthur Motes' former teammates, hey, hey, former hey. Pittsburgh Steeler, a West Virginia University Mountaineer. Go Ayers. Terrence Garvin joins us to start hour number two when we return right here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR.